You're listening to Community Now on Hope FM with Keith Jones Bookshop, serving the community for over 50 years. Visit keithjones.co.uk. Well, as you heard me saying at the top of the programme, my very special guest has just uh, released a wonderful book uh, on the Holy Spirit. And we're going to be talking a lot about, about the book, but but more importantly, about the person and work of the Holy Spirit and why he is so important and, in fact, essential to everyone who is a believer. In fact, even people who wouldn't actually profess to believe the Holy Spirit is also quite important to you. You may not have realized that, but we'll tell you why as we go through the program today. So, Paul, welcome. Thank you very much, Blair. Now, let's begin at the very beginning. Uh, you were born, obviously, and, uh, and, and you, you were brought up in a Christian family, weren't you? I was indeed. I was, mum and dad were both very devout, and we went to church. Um, we went to the Baptist church in the morning, Gospel Hall Sunday school in the afternoon, and then my parents went in the evening again to the Gospel Hall. So the hall. day of rest was <laughs> very much a part. It was a busy day. Well, yeah. And you had to wear special clothes, you had, and you oh, yeah. could only play certain games. Yeah. I, very I hope your mum didn't do what my mum did to me. She used to spit and do my hair. You oh, know? yeah. Oh, On no. the way in the car, get her yeah. handkerchief out and start rubbing our faces. Oh, yeah. 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 Oh, the things that we had to endure, you know. <laughs> so, what, I mean, obviously being brought up in that sort of atmosphere of faith is one thing, but at what point did you sort of take it on board yourself? It's a really good question. I remember being taken to Sunday school when I was about two and being taught a little song by this lovely lady whose name was also Mrs. White, but she was no relation. And it was, I'm not too young to come to Jesus. And I remember thinking that's amazing. I remember this lovely feeling of kind of warmth and stuff at that point. And then an evangelist came and did a tent crusade and he put his tent up in our field so my dad obviously invited him and we had this marquee which seemed huge was probably fairly tiny now but um and some of the kids from the village all came and he did these um this tent mission and was this in rural dorset it was right in the middle of nowhere i mean our village was tiny hinton saint mary famous for the mosaic with the head of christ on which my dad actually found which is another story altogether (laughs) but so um and I was five years old. This evangelist, lovely guy, Nelson Walker, um, was preaching and teaching us kids about Jesus. And he said, has anyone invited Jesus into their heart? And all the hands went up except mine. And I thought, well, I haven't. Um, but I thought I need to do it now. So that was the day, you know, and, I, and uh, <laughs> five years old. Um, and then, well, that uh, says it all, yeah, doesn't it? <laughs> it was amazing, you know, and, and I guess it was for real. And I think what I saw in my mum and dad, although they were, you know, the, the style of church was what we would consider incredibly dated now. Um, what I saw in them was a genuine, robust faith that kept them going and carried them through. And they really practiced it. And I remember wanting, I had two sisters, an older one and a younger one. And I remember just feeling like, oh, this is intolerable. All these, all these <laughs> females and my mum, you know. So I said to dad, I want a brother. And he said, well, you should pray for one. So I prayed. Good advice. And then mum had another baby, which she, she was probably pregnant at the time, but I wouldn't have noticed. And it was a boy. And then she had another one. Which was also so a you got twice the blessing. Uh, indeed, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> but I guess that there, that your father had instilled that sort of trust in God, right? Yeah. yeah at five years old, you know. And, amazing. Yeah, amazing. Yeah. So, I mean, how did things progress then? Well, 
I, you know, life was on this kind of routine and Sunday was Sunday and it was a special day. And then I, I gradually started to read the Bible and I was given a um, new, uh, a first of all, I, I had this living Bible, which was um, a bit easier to read. Yeah. Brilliant. It was really thick and the back curved because it had so many pages. <laughs> pictures. And, yeah. I don't know if it had pictures, actually, but I read it all the way through. And I remember thinking, oh, I know a lot of these stories already um, because of Sunday school and stuff. And I'd heard all the stories, but I didn't have any context for them. And I realized there they all were stuffed into this amazing book, which was actually readable if you read it in a contemporary language. Um, And then later on, I was given a NIV New International Version, which was a bit more academic. I found that that was very accessible as well and as a young teenager I started to read that and I read it through a couple of times as well and just began to fall in love with the Bible and uh, started to go to the Gospel Hall Bible studies which were very scholarly and serious. And <laughs> did, you, did you have the magic lanterns in those days? You remember they used to... I used to go to little oh, gospel. Oh, slide uh, yeah, slides and, and you yeah, know, and they were yeah, yeah. quite big, bulky things. Yeah, yeah. You know, and they'd even have the choruses, you know, projected onto the oh, screen. Oh, you know. that was a bit progressive for us. We didn't have that. <laughs> it didn't have that. <laughs> no, no. no. <laughs> yeah. I mean, let's let's talk a wee bit though about the sort of churchmanship because I mean, you you very quickly passed over there how your your parents were brought up in uh, probably a more traditional sort of format. Yeah. Um, but of course, it doesn't really matter, does it? The in in terms, it's more the. I mean, the thing I guess the telling comment that you made was that it was the life that you saw in your parents, yeah. the very real faith. Yeah. I guess that the mechanism that they worshipped was probably uh, uh, something that really worked for them, and they were comfortable with. Yeah. Although I think as we progressed into a more spiritually kind of a live, dynamic kind of environment, they sure. they followed on behind. At a bit of a safe distance, but they did, you know, they dipped make their the toe same in journey. And then, yeah, yeah, which was, I mean, they've been dead a long time now. So, um, but they they certainly did whilst they were alive. They really yeah. kind of embraced of course, it. Somebody would say they're more alive than ever. Oh, indeed. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. I, I remember Lindsay Clegg, a great evangelist, saying that I used to go to the Filey Holiday Crusade, mm-hmm. you know, and, uh, and he said, "Someday you you'll be here that Lindsay Clegg is dead." But I'm telling you now. <laughs> He's, he's going to be more alive than ever. And he was waving his walking stick in the oh, air. You know? fantastic. And it's, it's sort of, you know, as you spoke, I had that picture in my mind of Lindsay yeah. waving his walking stick, you know, fantastic. Yeah. I mean, now, obviously, in those early days, um, did the Holy Spirit um, mean anything to you? I mean, if somebody had said to you, Holy Spirit, would you have had any understanding? Well, in the Gospel Hall, they talked about the Holy Spirit, but in the Church of England school, which I went to in the nearby village, they talked about the Holy Ghost, and so they would do the prayer and finish it up with the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, yep. which to me, they never explained about the Holy Spirit in the in either of those contexts. So the Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost, it just it just seemed we were... It, whatever this spirit or ghost was, it was made even more weird by fact of ghost holy ghost it well, gives you the shivers doesn't yeah. it yeah and the fact that we never really talked about him made it even more mysterious an idea so um and i remember it it as i be- progressed into my teens i began to discover that actually there did seem to be some intentional avoidance going on <laughs> and it wasn't just that you know there wasn't much to say it was more like we were choosing not to say it which was something I 
began to kind of inquire a bit about. And why do you think that was? Do you think it was too scary or too controversial a subject I for people to get in, get talk about? I think it's probably a bit that, but I think also it's easier to stick in the realm of the mind and rational thinking and logical argument and that kind of thing but when we start to go into what one might call more mystical things and more experiential things i think the ground becomes a lot more uncertain for people and i think my dad surprisingly he was a blacksmith and he was a real rugged kind of so guy a practical man absolutely yeah but he read the bible he was intentional about it very devoted to the bible but he was also kind of mystical in that he would get a sense of something from god and he would be right you know what i mean he yeah. kind of get a hunch and get a leaning in a particular direction so today we would call that discernment wouldn't yeah. we yeah but he di he didn't use that word. But I wanted someone to tell me how you did that. Do you know ah. what I mean? I wanted to. Did work you out ask him? Well, no, I I didn't. But I what they would talk about in the gospel hall. They did talk about um, being led and having. Um, oh yeah, in, and that that idea of kind of knowing God's will. Yeah. But when it's not explicitly a Bible thing, like should i take the car or should i take the bus so it becomes abstract doesn't it yeah you need yeah. some way of navigating in real time yeah and oh. so i had these kind of and it was just i had this idea of the bible which was kind of you know giving me very good principles to live by and kind of what you might say planks to build with but i couldn't work out how that sort of more mystical thing happened and no one would no one really taught on that or explained it to me now uh, let's have your first piece of music and uh, i'll let you introduce it it's obviously the amazing delirious um and magnificent obsession of course you're a man who says of yourself that you're obsessed we'll get <laughs> we'll get to that a wee bit later yeah. but what you're obsessed with but why this one well we invited delirious to weymouth um to do a concert on the beach and it happened to be the very day that we scheduled it was the day of princess diana's funeral so we had to move the whole thing one day so instead of it being on a saturday it was then on a sunday we had no internet to speak of and we had people planning to come from different parts of the uk and uh they and of course because i was one of the main organizers there's a lot riding on it and a lot of money that we didn't have kind of <laughs> just hanging in yeah. the wind yeah <laughs> and um they did this great show and then at about nine o'clock and the sun was going down and the stage lights were really taking effect they began to play this song and it still gives me goosebumps <laughs> to think about well you can go to your new Different place <laughs> yeah. as I play it. Thank you. take you back a bit that was delirious there a magnificent obsession i'm just picturing you with the sun setting over weymouth bay where all the cruise ships are now oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and you said two thousand people on the beach <laughs> yeah at least yeah oh great fantastic you know uh, whatever but of course the word obsession goes hand in hand with you because in your book you talk about being obsessed don't you 
Yeah, I think what I tried to do is take words that have got lots of... I, I think often Christian words get overused by Christians and then we miss the point a little bit. But when we fall in love with someone, we do become obsessed. When I, when I fell in love with Anna and she agreed to start seeing me i didn't want to eat for a week i was literally consumed <laughs> by this you were obsessed i was love. obsessed yeah and i think grief is the same grief yeah. is a an obsession where we can't stop thinking about the loss and the loved one who's gone who's no longer with us and you know it's it's uh just incredible in in that passage in isaiah where he says i'm gonna you know i'm gonna give you a beautiful I'm going to take away your mourning and I'm going to comfort you and I'm going to give you a beautiful headdress instead of a garment of despair and all of that kind of thing. And I love that that God wants to come in and be our obsession and, and fill us with, with an obsession of himself and mm. of his loveliness and his beauty that captivates mm. us. And I suppose the other word that very often sits with obsession is passion, isn't it? Yeah. And I, I often feel that if we really knew, if, if we knew and understood all the wonders of of of, the, of, of Jesus of God Himself, you know, mm. the universe and so on. That that would drive us, yeah. To you know, and I, I always think that in worship services, you know, I don't. I'm sure you're like me. You've been into worship services where, you know, I went to Pensacola. You know, I went mm-hmm. to the Bible school that yeah. came out wow. of that. So here you had hundreds of of young young men and women, yeah. you know, who who had who had really uh, come to know the Lord through that revival. Yeah. But the, when you went into the worship, oh my goodness. Oh. It was talk about electric, <laughs> uh, and uh, I said to people in our church, I said, "I hate song singing. I don't. I don't really want song singing. I want. I want worship that comes yeah. out of a heart which is absolutely obsessed, effect- mm. effectively and, and passionate." Yeah. So, so when did the the penny drop? In as you were talking about the fact that obviously the Holy Spirit in those early days. Um, although talked about, was talked about in quite an obscure way. When yeah. did the penny begin to drop for you? Well, my dad was, as I said, he was quite um, a spiritual guy, and he fixed up for my sister and myself, and then my younger sister when she was a bit older, to go away to a place called Hildenborough Hall in Kent for a, like a summer a retreat type thing, retreat summer thing. school. Yeah, like, <clears throat> and it was just for a week. But suddenly we were in with a bunch of young people our age and older who were like really cool and looked amazing and had, you know, and could play the guitar and they were like... Were you musical? I I was. I've always been kind of music, but not. it's not my main thing, but I love it. And uh, they were like kind of hippies because it was a bit sort of hippie-ish in those days and and but it just seemed incredibly cool and and it was there that people started talking to me about speaking in tongues and things like this and i'm thinking i don't know anything about this i'm out of my depth completely i love what's happening here at hildenborough hall and they weren't particularly doing tongues but there were people there who they were talking about it yeah and that kind of began to pique my interest and then um we had we went to some small group in someone's home um, a bit later on and they were speaking in tongues, but it was kind of weird. And I wasn't sure if this was... Did you, presumably you didn't understand or, what they were saying? No, and I wasn't sure if it was real or mm. they were making it up. Mm. It was, you know... So you were uncomfortable, effectively? I just didn't know what to think, really. Mm. 
And then I asked this evangelist who was visiting, um, he was preaching in Blanford in a big barn. And I said to him, well, you know, what do you think about speaking in tongues? And he just looked at me and he said, well, I don't speak in tongues. And I thought, well, if he doesn't speak in tongues and he's a proper big evangelist, then I don't need to worry about it. But, it, you know, when that thing is in the back of your mind, doesn't go away. <laughs> and <laughs> it didn't. And uh, I began to gear up towards going off to art college so i went through the sixth form and then went to i came to bournemouth for a year where we all had to do a foundation year before we did a degree course in fine art and i thought well i'll find a church then that's like this and my sister had already gone away to college in derbyshire and she'd come back filled with the holy spirit speaking in tongues grinning like a cheshire cat <laughs> really annoying clearly having very, something very very yes, annoying yeah clearly having something that i did not have yeah. and ah oh, so anyway then um i went sort of trekking around the churches in bournemouth and no disrespect i just couldn't seem to find anything that met that kind of growing hunger in my heart and it was when I went, I, I, I talk about it in the beginning of the book, I, I went up to this um, meeting in Shaftesbury that was meeting in the school hall, very unprepossessing. And I walked into this environment with people all with their hands in the air and, and I thought, do you know what, I just sense either this is, I think this is it. And I think they're either very good at faking it or this is exactly what I'm looking for. And I went back that evening and had this beautiful encounter with the Holy Spirit that changed my life. This is Hope FM. Well, Paul White is my very special guest and author. And, uh, and in fact, uh, we, 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 we're going to be talking more about the book that he's just published, The, the Christ Thing. Um, and, uh, and, and it's a book that we'll give you a chance to get a copy off before the end of the programme. Uh, so you'll, you'll have to listen carefully whether you're listening today or whether you're listening in on Sunday, but we'll, uh, we'll explain that a wee bit, a wee bit later on. Um, the book deals, of course, largely with the subject of the Holy Spirit uh, and uh, is, is a very meaty, meaty book. Um, but let's talk a wee bit about because we, where we left off was uh, there you were hearing these people talking about tongues and of course you go along to Shaftesbury and you you experience it yes um, now your first experience of course you were a wee bit unsure is this real yeah. you know what what was it about Shaftesbury you, you, when you went there that that made you realise actually this is real well I was just reversing the car out my parents had this old mini clubman i was reversing it out to take my sisters up to the evening meeting and something happened to me that had never happened before that i was conscious of and it was this little voice spoke into my mind and just said tonight's the night well it wasn't audible and it I made me want question whether it was, whether I just imagined it, but I had this along with it. I had this sense of like butterflies, like it was my birthday, that kind of birthday feeling, and uh, so I went with some anticipation. and And as they were singing the these songs, they started to sing this really simple song: "The greatest thing in all my life is knowing you." Um, and I just broke i don't know why i think i felt like i couldn't really sing it with integrity and say this is really true for me yeah i knew it i wished it was and as i wept it was like god just put his massive arms around me and held me and i knew that what was happening was he was filling me with his spirit 
and the pastor came over and they took he took me into the changing rooms uh, which were just on a door off of the gymnasium that we were in and prayed for me and you know and he he was talking to me about tongues i thought well this is it this is it and then i started to, it's a bit like i tried too hard and was overthinking it and i couldn't seem to get started and then i thought oh it's not working for me but i knew what had happened was real and that joy and kind of elation that I felt in that moment stayed with me. And I went on into art college the next day and I spent a week down at, at Shelley Park. And uh, it was like the lid had come off the top of my head and I felt that heaven was open to me. And I'd never heard the term open heaven before, but I felt as if God and I were communing directly and that he was more close than I could imagine you know I could ever ever imagine him being which was glorious you know so that really was the the moment I knew something had happened for real mm. but let's talk a wee bit about about tongues because <clears throat> I guess that the reason why that's talked about so much particularly linked to what's been called the baptism of, yeah. the, of the Holy Spirit is because it is the most obvious yes. out, uh, obvious yeah. sign but of course there are many people who get and certainly I suppose I was one of them and maybe you were as yeah. well when you, in that in that point in time where you're not speaking and oh what's wrong with me yeah. you know and nothing happens you know I mean for me I moved into a Blooming first and second class cushions, you know. <laughs> what's wrong with me? You know, what's what's special about them? Yeah. You know? And then I moved from that, really being quite angry, you know, mm-hmm. and, and thinking, Arr, Arr, Arr. yeah. You know? and, and of course, when I'd had that rant and rave for about a year, actually, um, then I, I, uh, I settled down. I, I got into a place uh, where actually, I, I guess, it, God had changed my heart. Now that often happens, doesn't yeah. it? But of course, there there are many people who are filled with the Spirit, but but don't necessarily speak in tongues for yeah. one reason or another. Yeah. Uh, I think that will always be a mystery to me. It's always a mystery to me why some people seem to be so impacted. And you hear about people who are very um, hostile to the whole idea oh, yeah. Of, yeah. of tongues, and then they can't stop speaking in tongues, and it's almost happened to them involuntarily. Mm-hmm. But for me, I think it was just that, kind of dynamic of when you're trying to go to sleep and you're watching yourself go to sleep and you stay awake because you you know you and i think i was thinking about it too much and what what happened eventually was um after about three three weeks this strange word popped into my head one evening i just finished reading a book about tongues and um i thought well i'm going to say it because i'm disappointed that i haven't been able to do it so i'm going to say this word and i said it and it sounded stupid and fake but I said it again and I felt that kind of birthday feeling starting to happen inside me again (laughs) that I talked about earlier (laughs) and I thought well okay kind of feel like nice and I'm thinking about Jesus I'm going to carry on doing it for a bit longer so I did it I carried on saying that word a few more times and gradually it kind of developed and I realized that actually it was the cork in the bottle that had kind of just needed to be removed and and then over the next few days it progressed into what's much more like a whole language and you know i guess since then i was 19 then i've spoken in tongues probably most days of my life and it's part of my ordinary everyday miracle Mm -hmm. if you like it happens now you've written the book yeah christing and of course tongues one of the things one of the many things but this is a comprehensive 
book yeah. uh, about about the Holy Spirit. Why the title though? Why why the Christ thing? Well, again, like I said earlier, I think sometimes terminology in Christian circles gets in our way. It, it's it's like a shorthand that helps us to communicate quickly, but sometimes I think it helps to isolate people who it's not their lingo. And I think it stops us really thinking about what we're talking about sometimes as well. And so I, I love to try to dispense with jargon when I'm preaching and so on. And and, uh, to, and particularly when I'm sharing the gospel with somebody who's completely outside of the church kind of As in fact, scene. there will be people listening to this program who wouldn't Absolutely. put themselves in that place. And so the word Christ is not Jesus's surname. So he's not Jesus Christ, as in Jesus' first name, surname, Christ. Christ means anointed. And just like our queen, when she was anointed, if you've watched The Crown, you'll have seen the very, very powerful episode where she's anointed by the archbishop and they pour oil on her. And that's a symbol of that goes right back into the days of King David in the Bible when they used to anoint kings in the same way and prophets and so on. But the anointing with oil was a sign, it was a kind of physical symbol of God's spirit being poured on that person to empower them to do the job. And I suppose when they started anointing monarchs in this country, it was very much with that in mind. They were hoping that God would pour his spirit on them and give them the power to be a good king or queen. And uh, so Jesus Christ means Jesus anointed one. And so the word Messiah Mashiach in Hebrew means exactly the same. So Christos in Greek, Mashiach in Hebrew means exactly the same thing. It means anointed. And so Christians in my kind of circle talk a lot about the anointing and they say, oh, that was a really anointed time of worship or that was a really anointed preach. But you never hear them talking about a really anointed bin collector or <laughs> male person, you know, yeah. um, and you, or school teacher. And yet really... The, the Holy Spirit is poured out on God's people to empower them to do the whole stuff of being an authentic represent, representation of Jesus on the earth. And so he's the kind of enabling power who helps us to get things done. And so I thought, let's change it. Let's get away from the word anointing and invent a new word the christing and see how that flies <laughs> <laughs> well we'll talk a bit more about that in just a second this is hope fm we left it off with that uh, that word the the anointing and and i guess that if you were trying to put that in simplistic terms it's just would you say it's just when god sort of touches something in the in the way that he does that 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 actually brings it into a whole new realm yeah and I think I think that's true. And I think as well, I realised that the anointing isn't a thing. It's a someone. It's a somebody. So um, the when we think of oil, we think, yeah, that's a thing. That's a, a commodity that you can pour out. But when the anointing that's on Jesus in Isaiah 61 he says the spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon me because he's anointed me and to preach good news to the poor and then so he introduces the anointing as the person 
who is the Holy Spirit. And so going back to our original conversation about the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost is a person as much as Jesus, God the Son, and God the Father are persons, so the Holy Spirit is a person. And therefore, he's got a will, he's got intentions, he's got a purpose. Do you know what I mean? And so the more you think about that and reflect Mm. on it, obviously his purpose is God's purpose, so they're kind of one and the same, you could Mm. say. I suppose where where that point became real to me it was we know when you remember when jesus said you know i'm going to go away Mm -hmm. (laughs) um and of course that wasn't good news to the disciples you know but then of course he then told them to go back to jerusalem and wait and of course what he told them to wait for was the coming of the holy spirit and i guess he pretty much more or less said and he will be me in you precisely you know and in other words everything that's in me will now be in you and you and wait wait for it don't try and do anything say anything wait I wonder what they did they think they got they got what he meant (laughs) I'm sure they I don't know it's hard to work it out sometimes isn't it from their little comments that we get recorded but I mean it's the genius of Jesus there he is on the earth and he's in a human body he's restricted to one place at one time so he's going around and whenever jesus shows up the most extraordinary things happen excuse me and everything starts to kind of burst into life doesn't it when he walks into the room everything changes and yet he can only be in one place at one time so when he was walking in jerusalem he was not walking in weymouth or bournemouth He was just stuck there in Jerusalem or Bethlehem or wherever he was at the time. And then he said, and then Joel in the Old Testament says, but in the last days, I'm going to pour out my spirit on all flesh. Everyone. Yeah. And which is kind of incredible and raises all kinds of questions in my mind. But but the point is that if God can pour his spirit on a whole bunch of people, then people can do the stuff Jesus does all over the earth and of the course same that's, time. What, that's what he said wasn't it he said well you will do even greater Indeed, things than, yeah. than i have done yeah. uh but whatever happened of course i would love to be in a fly on the wall you know in that room in jerusalem oh you wow. know whenever you know obviously all the, the the anxiety and i suppose the confusion yeah of thinking goodness me you know uh, he's gone and here <laughs> here we are and then of course the, the Holy Spirit came but they the one thing that we do you know is of course they were transformed yeah. you know because you know Peter went out and then preached that amazing sermon astonishing and thousands yeah. of people be- start to come to faith and utterly amazing wasn't it you know there's 120 guys and some girls in this room and they're like kind of quite unsure i would imagine and you know i think they'd certainly been afraid because when jesus appears to them a a couple of times they were in the room locked in because of the fear of being arrested and stuff and so i guess they must have been very apprehensive about their future and they're waiting there and suddenly this transformational moment happens and the church is born and it's instead of it just being another club or another association of people it's a dynamic, vibrant, 
life-changing community that goes on to rewrite history. And I suppose in those few words that you've just spoken, uh, summarises the church as, as the Lord has intended it to be yeah, yeah. Uh, a, a, a people of, uh, of a dynamic power, but actually coming, flowing from him yeah. uh, with compassion and mercy into, yeah. into, into a needy world. Yeah. yeah, You're listening to Community Now on Hope FM with Keith Jones Bookshop, serving the community for over 50 years. Visit keithjones.co.uk. Well, my very special guest today is uh, Paul uh, White, who, of course, has written this wonderful book uh, called The Christing. And he's already explained that the word Christ means the anointed one. And, of course, uh, the, 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 the book is really dealing with what we sometimes call the third person. You've heard of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And it's probably the, the third person there of God the Holy Spirit that, that can become, for some, very controversial. Maybe is is probably uh, not understood as well as 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 he should be. Paul, why did you write the book? Was it was it knowing all of that? Uh, I think it was the realization that the same person of the holy spirit who anointed jesus and therefore empowered him to do the most you know to do the extraordinary things that we know him for actually is given to us to enable us and empower us to do the same things and i don't mean and i think this is probably a common mistake i don't mean just pastors and vicars and church leaders who do the upfront stuff or preach from the bible or maybe the good people with the guitar or the keyboard who lead worship but actually people who love Jesus and who put their shirt and tie on and go to work in the city or uh, you know throughout the week or who work from home or who take care of their children or somebody else's children or whatever but or just those who are parents or students you know the same person of the holy spirit is there to empower us to be um kind of provocative challenging dynamic um visible expressions of jesus in that environment and i suppose one of the things that you said very early on uh, in your early experience and you're searching for something mm-hmm. more was that thirst you know, yeah. the, the, the knowing there's got to be more than this. Yeah. Now, it seems to me that if you look at the world in which we live, it's terrible, really, you know, because last week I, on my mobile phone, the, there was just a, a couple of Twitter feeds that came through, and uh, it, it was from people who I don't know. I don't know how it ended up on my phone, but it was people who had just lost someone very close to them, young people who had committed suicide. Uh, and there was, there was, there was another person who had responded and said that happened to me two weeks ago i wow. lost my little my little brother and uh, now we know that that the world in which we live and here in the united kingdom uh, whereas once we were a christian nation and and certainly we still our laws and so on are still affected by christian things but actually it seems to me that we have moved a great deal uh uh, away from the real heart of what our faith should be, uh, in in so much that that in the darkest place that there is, that the church should be a shining, brilliant light and a carrier of hope. Now, of course, we do know that 
that it's not all bad news because there's many wonderful things happening. Yeah. But but I guess that if, if no other reason as to why we should really thirst for these things is actually to say we we need to know how we can make a difference. Yeah. How is it that, that, that we don't have the confidence in order to move right in there to the darkest place yeah. and, and do what God intended us to do? Absolutely. And I, I absolutely believe that the Spirit of God, the anointing, the Christing, is there to equip us to bring god's presence into those dark situations and i i've been facing a very challenging situation in my family over the past 18 months and you know almost daily i'm i am coming to god and saying god where is your anointing for this situation give me your give me something from you that can materially change this situation that i'm facing you know in my family right now and uh you know that's that's where it the rubber hits the road for me i think if if i'm going to preach about it and write books about it then it has to work in real time in real life and you know when it talks about um the spirit on jesus to bind up the brokenhearted to comfort those who mourn you know that surely has to be more than just kind words or a kind of kindly sentiment or a little platitude we trot out or a bible verse that sort of almost fits mm. i i do believe that there's something of god's of if we know that the holy spirit is the anointing is a person then what we really want is for him to come with us into that situation and so it's not us trying to change the situation by saying the right thing or doing the right thing but it's actually as we come into the room or begin to engage with that person then the spirit of god himself can begin to move through us and touch the life of that person in a profound way now obviously you are a pastor in in mm-hmm. in, in your own right and 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 you're one of those people who's is preaching and teaching and so on um but it seems to me that you're a very grounded individual uh, as well and the book tells me uh, pretty much that how have you found i mean you're over in weymouth yeah and you do you've been around a bit and mm-hmm. you talked about your own family there and what how would you describe how do you feel about the spiritual temperature you know where, where we are right now the stuff that is that is happening to 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 all of us and particularly the you know in terms of what we call the church which of course isn't buildings it's people yeah i think from from the point of view of the church i think the church is in a, a I think in in the UK, I think the church is having a bit of an identity crisis. And we want to be um, lovely and gracious to everybody and to present this very welcoming front. And yet there are aspects of church and uh, Christian teaching that's very much embedded in the Bible that doesn't necessarily sit well with popular culture well the and spirit of the age isn't it indeed you know and so th- therefore th- there's kind of a, a tendency for some to sort of think well we've got to modify the message to be able to make it accessible to the world to the people out there as perceived out there um I actually think the the whole point of the gospel is it's good news. It, and the good news is that something's going to change. It's not going to stay the same. And so to try to change the message to fit the 
bad situation. We need the bad situation to change <laughs> because it's received the message, if you know what I mean. But uh, um, yeah, I think the the church is in a bit of a state of confusion, um, quite in quite a lot of places. But I think that um, you know, in, in my my from what I've seen of God moving, I know that there's nothing wrong with the message i know there's nothing wrong with the holy spirit there's nothing wrong with the power of god it's somewhere in that kind of delivery point mm. and interface point that we get it mm. kind of it's very complicated because uh, uh during over the summertime i uh, i was on a, a cruise ship and one of the cruise ships sailed past the isle of lewis you know in 1949 uh, and lewis and of course the Scottish situation, I mean, there they were Gaelic-speaking. Um, they were very into the religion, you know, and, oh, we don't do anything on a Sunday, you know, <laughs> and, and whatever. But uh, but there were two blind ladies. And, uh, you know, we, we talked about passion and power, and and they they were great intercessors. They were great um, yeah. great prayers. And they, they got hold of their minister, who also happened to be a good man. And... Uh, they started to pray, and they prayed. They were just so thirsty. They were fed up of relig- dead religion, yeah. which was doing nothing, you know. Mm-hmm. And, um, and of course, that led to quite an amazing series of events, which lasted three years. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you're listening to the program and you want to know more about this, just Google Lewis Revival, and you'll hear even some of the people who, were, who were, went through that telling their own stories. We haven't got the time to broadcast that right now, but you you check that out. But it was it was it was like going back to what we said. It was a it was a thirsting. It was a real concern for the particularly for the young people. Paul, one night there was a group of them playing in a cottage and back in over and the power of God fell and the furniture started to shake. Wow. Alongside of this is a group of young people in a dance. They're no, they know nothing about God. Mm-hmm. They're not church. They know nothing. They suddenly become convicted that they're not in a good place yeah. for no reason mm-hmm. other than God has done yeah. something. So what do they do? They run to the police station. <laughs> uh, and the police sent them to the church. Wow. And uh, and that that revival, which lasted, I think, from 1949 right the way through to, I think it was 1953, uh, was mainly driven by young people. Mm-hmm. Interesting enough, the church leaders in in the city, the Stonaway, uh, opposed the revival. Wow. Opposed what? Because there was manifestations, there was mm-hmm. things happening. Uh, it passed them by. Mm. Uh, and uh, and yet so many hundreds of lives and to me it was a salient thing now obviously I've talked about Lewis and it was just because when, as I was sailing by on this cruise yeah. ship I said God do it again Absolutely. Do, it, do it again because yeah. we des- we're yeah. desperate for your touch you know yes. um, the ships were, would be in the bay in Lewis and the and the sailors the power of God hit them in the ships you know incredible um, and of course we know that the Welsh Revival and the Azus, there aren't undoubtedly special times whenever God begins to move. And it seems to me if ever we needed to pray passionately and desperately, actually, no, I, I was in a meeting the other day about 
one particular denomination. And, you know, it was a projection of doom and gloom, of no leadership, Mm -hmm. of closing churches and whatever. It made me so angry and indignant, Paul. And I thought, this is not the God I serve. This, This is nothing to do with what I believe Christianity to be and as the people of God it's about time we took all this stuff and chucked it in the nearest bin (laughs) uh, and and actually I suppose admit the fact and this is what I liked about your book you know, because you stir, you stirred me up again, you know, and I'm talking this is absolutely right It's, it's not anything new it's actually going back to what Jesus said and to what he intended his church to be you know yeah. uh, and and i and i guess you're probably a bit like me because you you know you're saying about your family challenges and so on i guess we've all got that uh, but i mean how long it, it took you i mean how long did it take you from when you first heard about the holy spirit to the penny dropping and actually being able to move in the things of the spirit it was about was it about a year or six months well <clears throat> um from the from that night at shaftesbury at that meeting to me really kind of speaking in tongues and so on was only about three weeks um but then i think my my life has been a journey of trying to partner with the Mm -hmm. holy spirit um to stay as consciously close and you know so i can i'm aware of his presence so what i what i don't want to do is just to have a theological belief that his presence is with me. I figure that I should be able to be consciously aware of it, you know, and and that sound, might sound mystical, but where I can kind of feel it and and yeah. interact with his presence and interact with him. And so that affects my choices day to day. So that affects the things I look at or the things I watch, you know what I mean? So I think, oh, no, this is this is pouring cold water on the fire of the holy spirit i'm gonna stop doing that right now or no paul that's not going to help you stop it now do you know what i mean yeah and so i'm i i kind of it's a bit like balancing on your bicycle you know i want to if you couldn't feel with your inner ear and your bottom and your hands on the handlebars you'd fall off wouldn't you so you have to navigate somehow in and for me it's like that with the holy spirit i want to navigate to stay in that sweet spot with him so that day by day i'm able to operate from a place of being full of him not sort of well the last time i felt it was three years ago do you know what i mean <laughs> no 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 and talking about things that happened years ago yeah i mean your next piece of music of course is at refiner uh, with maverick city music and i guess that that's the thing that we can get very impatient about things not happening or whatever but i guess that if we're thirsting we're i mean paul i love it when he says i press in and take mm-hmm. hold of that yeah you're pushing it but i guess that that in the times when we think things aren't happening, that often God is changing us, refining us yes. in a way. Why, why have you chosen this particular Well, I, I told you in our, before we went on air that um, in uh, the spring of 2019, the prayer house building was burned down in an arson attack. And we still don't know why or by whom, but I had a call at six o'clock in the morning. Church is on fire. Church is on fire, <laughs> yeah. And, uh, you know, this song is all about being refined by fire. And there was another song which was out at the same time, which was um, there's another one in the fire standing next to me. And in the middle of all of that turmoil that went along with that, um, I really did experience the conscious presence of God just holding me. And instead of being thrown off 
into a you know panic by it it was very much like okay well lord here we go <laughs> uh, but i you know my and my prayer is lord be be refining me through this process whatever it is i'm going through however hot it gets be refining me That Maverick uh, City music there with that wonderful song Refiner. Now we've been talking about the Holy Spirit. Why don't we do something different and we pray together? Awesome. Wherever you are, we've all got. I mean, Paul and I have been talking uh, off air, and, and we, like you, have got our challenges, or challenges in our in our families, in our personal lives, in the in the things that we are involved with. But. I guess that the thing that we share in common, Paul, is a passionate belief yeah. in, in the Lord Jesus Christ mm-hmm. and in the Holy Spirit. Now, we don't know you, but we're just going to take a little time out just to pray. Let the Holy Spirit lead us. So I invite you just to, to join with us. Obviously, if you're driving in your car, keep the eye on the on yeah. the road. But uh, but uh, but just receive as we pray. And if you feel you want to pray with us, then then please do that. Fantastic. So what I would do normally, I'd say to people, put your hands out in front of you like you're going to receive a gift. But obviously, if you're driving, you need to do that properly and do it well. But just let's quieten our hearts and just um, expect God is going to give us something because he he loves to give good gifts to his children. Jesus tells us that. So, Holy Spirit, we welcome you. We welcome you to begin to invade our lives with your beautiful love and your power right now where we are. We welcome you. We welcome you into every bit of our life. The difficult stuff, the stuff that's going well. We invite you, Lord. We invite you to give us wisdom. Lord, those of us who already know you, we thank you for how you lead us, but we're asking you to lead us with clarity and with that that real profound sense of your presence with us. Lord, we ask that your love would fill our hearts up so that we wouldn't just know about it with our heads, but we would know it deep inside as an experience that we live in. Lord, we pray for our families, our children, our relatives, our loved ones, our parents. Lord, we ask you and we invite you into every situation that we face. We invite you into our careers, our jobs, the decisions we have to make, the choices we have to make, the tough leadership decisions we have to make. Lord, we invite you into each one of those right now. Come fill us, Lord. In Jesus' name. Hmm. Amen. Amen. And you take that uh, to yourself. God already knows uh, all of our needs, uh, and he knows our hearts. And uh, if nothing else, hold on to the fact that he is your father. Mm. He, he loves you, uh, as he loves Paul and I, with a, with a passion. Yes. And, uh, and there, is, there is so much more for 
all of us yes. press in, take hold of that for which, for which Christ has taken hold of you. Uh, well, I mean, going forward, I guess that we talked about the book. One, you might be thinking, how do I get a copy of this book? Well, of course, you can go and buy a copy. You're going down to Keith yeah. Jones there and buy a copy. But if you would like to win a copy, then this is what you have to do. Uh, now, you've got my email address. Well, if you haven't, I'll give it to you. So it's blairc at hopefm.com. blairc at hopefm.com. And what we'd like you to do is to think about the whole gifts of the Holy Spirit. Now, you're not allowed to say tongues uh, because we've already mentioned that one, but there's loads of other gifts that God has given with the gift of his Holy Spirit. So we want you to name three of those gifts. You'll find the answer in the Bible. We could could tell you where, but but we're not really. It's in the New Testament. Um, But So three gifts, and and all you've got to do is just say, Blair, these are the three gifts, and then what I'll do is I'll take the the answers and we'll have a fair draw, and we've got a few books, and uh, and you may win a copy of it. But but if you don't win one, go and buy one because you will you will be you'll be blessed by all of this all, all of this contains. We've just scratched the surface, really, haven't we? Yeah. In in, in, in the sense, how how have you been? You know, obviously the book is just relatively out there yeah. and so on, Paul. How, people who have read it, what sort of feedback are they giving you? Well, very beautiful feedback, actually. A lot of people have said how much they enjoyed, um, just they felt that it drew them closer in their relationship with Jesus personally, that, so they feel like they've been drawn closer to him through reading it. Others say it's inspired them. There was a friend of mine in Northern Ireland who... Um, said I'm reading your book like taking a shower after a hard day and I thought that was a beautiful um, way to put it yeah yeah. and others have said they found it really challenging to read which is also good I guess I you know and when you're writing stuff you kind of think well I don't know how this is going to come over so it's quite nice to hear back from people um, incidentally, you can buy it on Amazon, on Eden, Waterstones, any, any of the yeah. online retailers yeah. you the, can uh, get it and from. And the title is, is The Christing. The Christing. So it's Christ-I-N-G. Yep. Uh, and, of course, it's Paul, Paul, White. Paul White is the is the author. Are you going to do an audio book? <laughs> well, we, we're, I'm talking to the publisher next week, so all of those things will be up for discussion. I've had a few people who said, oh, you couldn't just read it out to me as well, could you? <laughs> put it up online put it on youtube and they've said no at the moment the publisher but um uh yes yeah, so uh do leave a review as well that's very helpful if you buy it online it just helps other people to know whether it's worth a buy or not mm-hmm. now here we are i mean going in coming out of the pandemic uh, and of course, we've talked about the challenges which are clearly there. Uh, but you don't seem to be a hopeless person. You seem to be a person. You're smiling at me. I know that you're a great runner, and you you you, you hit the road there. Yeah. And uh, I guess that's your special place with God yeah. Himself. But what 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 keeps you so positive? In in what are so many challenges, Paul? Yeah. Well, as I said, I like to kind of maintain that conscious kind of awareness of the presence of God and my first priority when I get up in the morning is I come downstairs I put the kettle on and then I spend time just alone with God before the family get up or before there's any business to do and that's been a huge 
keeper for me it's something i learned to do as a young guy and uh, realized that it materially affected the day and so it puts me in and sometimes if you watch me pray and you think what is he doing i'm walking around that we've got an island in the kitchen i walk around this island and i kind of chunter away to god and and sometimes i put my hands in the air and sometimes i sit down and you know, and so I uh, just kind of like talk through the day, um, talk through the people who are in my heart, you know, I want to pray for. And and sometimes then I'll read a bit of the Bible, you know, that kind of thing. But that really does keep me connected day by day. And yeah. Well, thank you for being my guest. Oh, you'll have to it's come back because we've only just scratched the surface, Paul. <laughs> so you'll be you'll be back in that oh, seat before you thanks, know it. Blair. Don't forget, if you want to get a copy of that book, Blair C at Hope FM, three gifts of the Holy Spirit, but don't include speaking in tongues. There's lots and lots of other ones. And we're only saying that really because so many people get hung up on tongues, but there's so much more. And that's yeah. why you have to come back because we'll talk about all those other wonderful gifts Perfect. that God has given us. This is Hope FM.